Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our communion service. And whether you're with us in church this morning or at home, on such a bright, sunny November morning, we're delighted that you have joined us. If you're at home and you wish to take part in communion with us, then I suggest you use the early part of the service to prepare. Now, I want to welcome everyone, obviously, but welcome back our vacancy convener, Reverend Colin McGaugh. This is Colin's last Sunday with us as our vacancy convener. Oh. <laughs> Colin, we know you'll be back and taking a major part in the Reverend Shaw's installation, but on behalf of the congregation, I want to say thank you to you for all that you've done for us throughout this last 13 months. Yep. So thank you so much indeed for looking after us, for coming regularly to take our services, for ensuring that we had ministers to lead our service, and indeed for looking after our congregation. So, Colin, thank you so much indeed for all of that. Thank, thank you, you, Billy. Thank you. You'll be aware that the Reverend Shaw's installation is on Saturday the 8th of January at 2 o'clock here in church. And the entire congregation is invited to be present, so I would advise you and invite you to put a, a note into your diary for that special occasion. Now, last week we had our soup lunch, and we also had donations to the Earl Hague Fund. The soup lunch raised £643, and the donations to the Earl Hague Fund, £98. So my thanks to everyone who was involved in preparing and setting up the soup lunch, and to all who donated to either fund. Thank you so much indeed. This morning's non-envelope collection will be donated to the Minister's Discretionary Fund. This is something we do at each communion service, so that's where the non-envelope uh, donations go this morning. Shoebox appeal has been going for a week. 2,795 shoeboxes have been received, not only from the Ballycrocken congregation, but from the local area. So our thanks are extended to everyone from our own congregation and to all others who have been here and looked after the shoeboxes. Tomorrow is the last day for donation. The time for donation is 10.30 to 11.30, so that's your last chance if you want to make a donation to this year's shoebox appeal. Next Saturday morning, there will be a special prayer event in the SPU. It will be for Capenry. Terry and Mary Morrison are greatly involved with Capenry, and if you want more information about it, have a word with Terry or Mary. They will be pleased to give you information and will be delighted to welcome you next Saturday morning. The times are 10.30 to 12.30. Toy Sunday, every year we donate toys via the Vine community to the young people of North Belfast. This year's Toy Sunday will be Sunday the 5th of December when the donations will be received. So if you wish to donate to that, then please do so. Now, those are all the announcements that I've got for you this morning, but Tom Henry has a special announcement, and he's coming up now to make it. Thank you, Tom. Good morning. It may seem a long time away, but uh, in March, we're good to go for the church weekend again. And I'm speaking particularly to those who are watching online as well. Um, we've booked a whole hostel up in Bush Mills, but of course if people want to stay in B&Bs or Airbnbs or whatever close by, that's also uh, absolutely fine. What we can guarantee is haute cuisine, uh, cuisine that will compete with any hotel or restaurant in the, in the country. 
and uh, all those tray bakes and uh, the evening meals it's worth going for that alone, never mind the good crack and the good fellowship that there'll be uh, on that particular weekend. Now, we'd like to let you know before Christmas so that people can get their deposits in and they don't have to uh, scrape the, the bottom of the barrel come January time. So that uh, all you have to do is, on the way out today, grab a, uh, a, a flyer, which will give you all the details of it, the, the cost. Well, because we do, we do it in-house, because we do all the work ourselves, for an unbelievable £95, you get the whole weekend. That includes all the food, all the accommodation, all the crack, everything else. £95 um, per person. And, and, and there's more. Like Jimmy Cricket would say, there's more. The, uh, the, the teens and the weigh-ins... Uh, don't pay £95, they don't pay £45, they don't pay £25, they go free. So particularly for families, it's a a great opportunity to get away and relax uh, at the the start of the year, Um, just in in great surroundings and with good good friends and good fellowship. So uh, what we ask you to do is grab a flyer, get your... uh, deposit in, if possible, for Christmas, uh, so we can make the, the plans, and then we, we look forward to seeing a full house again in, in Bush Mills come uh, March, the first weekend in March. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed, Tom. Thank you, Billy. Um, well, no, you're not getting rid of me just yet. I mean, it's going to take a wee while. I will be preaching the charge at the installation, and I'm looking forward to that very much indeed in very early January. Um, But I just wanted to to have some sort of quality preachers over Christmas time. And uh, uh, as you know, Advent and Christmas gathers a pace, so I wanted to get everything arranged quite early on and to get you sorted out in the run-up to Christmas time. And then all of a sudden, we will be through to the uh, installation service. So I, I'm, I'm hoping and I'm praying that all our meetings that we will be at between now and then and the preparations that we will be uh, making for the uh, installation will go really well. Um, and those are very much underway. Today is communion. And we come to this service of communion in a spirit of humility and of worship. We come with an attitude of solemnity and yet of celebration. In the theme of communion, we're holding together in tension so many themes. But ultimately, the work of the cross, Jesus giving himself into that ministry in obedience to the Father, such a wonderful thing, and leading on through to Resurrection Day, that our Lord is alive, but He has called us to remember. And that is very important. It's it's the Lord's call. and We come to His table His way for the purpose of remembering His wonderful ministry. He once said to 
the woman at the well, the hour comes and now is when true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such to worship him. God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so the calling is very clear. We don't come out of a sense of tradition. We don't come because we are Presbyterians. We come from the heart as men and women who have received the gift of God, supremely expressed in Jesus. We come as those who have received him personally and his ministry, the ministry of our Lord and our Savior. And so we sing together the first praise, love divine, all loves excelling.
Let us bow together. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we praise you and worship you as those who not only recognize your existence and your presence, but those who bow in reverence. We come to you in humble approach from the heart. And we recognize that yours is a love that is all divine and is far and beyond all other expressions of love that you should have given to us. Your only begotten Son is something that makes us feel so appreciative and humble before you. Your Son coming to be born, to teach, to touch, to represent the eternal light of his heavenly Father, to be the issuer of the Holy Spirit upon the ministry of the church. Father, we thank you. Son, we thank you. Spirit, we thank you. The Godhead from heaven's eternal realms preparing the hour when Jesus would take into himself all that was rightfully ours. Truly described by John the Baptist as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So on this Communion Sunday, we give you glory and honor and praise. We pray for wisdom. We pray for energy that we may be for you under your inspiration and equipping. The Christian people of this day and this hour, sharing the wonderful love and calling of the Lord our God. As we approach now the readings of your Holy Word, give us a close listening to what Scripture teaches. In Jesus' name, amen. And so the first reading is taken from John's Gospel and will be read for us now by Sam Young. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, 
How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. I have told you earthly things, and you do not believe. How will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Here endeth the reading. Thank you very much, Sam. And now we sing together, O love that will not let me go.
beautiful praise. Now we come to pick up uh, in John chapter 3, uh, beginning at verse 16 with Karen Carley. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. God sent his Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so that others can see what they are, do- they are doing what God wants. Then Jesus and his disciples left Jerusalem and went into the Judean countryside. Jesus spent some time with them there, baptizing people. Amen. Thank you very much, Karen. Our new committee chairperson, who'd mentioned that as well. You're such a, a faithful group of people, and your office bearers are um, very, very strong and very helpful and encouraging. And that has been my experience. And, uh, of course, um, the pastoral care continues um, in partnership with the session and other uh, folks who uh, help to visit and so on. Um, We're delighted that this church family has um, been encouraged uh, throughout the vacancy and, of course, long before, but uh, during this vacancy. It has been good to partner with your session, with your committee, and many other people in various teams as uh, things have been done in prayerful and practical ways. So today we dip back into the 316 series on this Communion Sunday, and uh, we today focus upon the well-known verse of John's Gospel, chapter 3 and verse 16. As you say this, and I'm confident that the vast majority will be saying it, there may be slight variations in the way you say it, because you were probably taught this in your youth, 
And for those who go back a wee bit, maybe you were taught in the King James Version, and for others it might have been the New International Version, or as I like to say, because it's so widely used, the Northern Ireland Version. But this verse is absolutely tremendous, and I just really hope because of it being used so often that we don't allow the impact of this wonderful verse and message to roll off us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So only begotten in some of the translations became one and only and other little weeks as indeed in our hymn books as well. Not losing the meaning but so that our young people can also relate to the translations of Scripture. Isn't it true that this is a verse which many have rightly committed to memory But here's the question. What does John chapter 3 verse 17 say? Ah, your hands in the classroom may be. What is the story surrounding or leading up to this verse? Now let's think about that. You see, we must remember that memory verses are at their best when they create the domino effect that we talked about a number of Sundays ago. That is to say, when the memory verse helps us to recall the surrounding story and the impact of the whole context, just as we did with Joshua 3, verse 16, when we studied the crossing of the Jordan on that day when God caused the waters to pile up, do you remember, in a heap further up, further upstream, in the height of the flow of the waters of the Jordan, God's wonderful ministry. So now we are within the story where Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council, comes to Jesus at night time in order to perhaps be private regarding his conversation, but also no doubt aware that his meeting with Jesus, if observed, may draw questions from his fellow council members and lead to him coming under some kind of a suspicion. He's being careful. The conversation quickly develops beyond the image of natural physical birth to the realm of spiritual rebirth, the ministry of God to the soul, every bit as much as vital as God's ministry to the physical and bodily well-being. Don't forget the Hebrews always thought of personhood as a whole, one affecting the other, one interserving the other. So body, mind, and soul, as far as the Hebrews were concerned, was 
one whole, interserving, interdependent being. The concept of dividing those up came later with the Greek philosophies. I'm inclined to stick with the Hebrew concept, uh, God's people showing us the interconnectedness, the perfect union of body, mind, and of soul. This concept of being born again is at first confusing to Nicodemus, but as this kingdom of God conversation continues with who may enter it, the development of Jesus speaking with Nicodemus, many believe that he came to understand, and perhaps that night began a process of thinking and praying that led him to full faith in Jesus. Maybe he bent the knee that very night under the ministry of our Lord. Does John not tell us a little later in his gospel in chapter 19 and verse 38 concerning the burial of our Lord following his crucifixion? And these are the words that John shares. Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus, and with Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. Listen, he was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who had earlier visited Jesus at night. So it looks very much like Nicodemus became a follower of Jesus, and indeed Joseph of Arimathea is also described as a secret disciple for fear of the Jews. The 316 point is that Father God's love for his world of men, women, and children led to our Father sending his only begotten Jesus to live, love, teach God's wisdom and will and personally perish by way of the cross for salvation's plan. Or was it not part of this conversation with Nicodemus that Jesus consciously and committedly included, as verse 14 records, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. Jesus knew, and Jesus shared with Nicodemus what must happen. When Nicodemus was there observing the crucifixion of his Lord, his mind would have traveled back to this very conversation and this very image of the snake lifted in the desert for the people of that time. So now 
Jesus, the Son of Man, lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. We, today, as committed followers of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and the only way to salvation, are blessed beyond measure by a divine love that does indeed refuse to let children of faith go. As 3.16 says, but then 3.17, for God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And so at communion, we respond to the call of truth and love in Jesus, this Lamb of God. And in our ongoing life of communion, every day for Jesus, we will share the call with family, with friends, with neighbors, with colleagues. This is the primary reason why we are here. This is the primary commission and calling upon all men and women of faith. Yes, that we should choose our words sensitively. Yes, that the tone should be loving and not of the kind of judgmentalism that has at times pushed people back and further away? No, it's the love of God that has sent his Son all the way to the cross. And it will be the love spoken and expressed that will be most effective as we continue to minister in this searching world of many philosophies, of many opinions. Well, when you think about it, it's always been that way. So many different thoughts and approaches. But the Word of God and the people of God and the message of the living God in the midst of all. Our service of communion and our life of communion. Therefore, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I invite all those who love him as Savior and Lord to come to his table and to share the cup, including anyone here today from any other denomination who loves the Lord. In the words of Jesus, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger, and he that believes in me shall never thirst. Him that comes to me I will in no wise cast out. 
So please remain seated as we sing the next praise, There is a Redeemer. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Let us therefore keep the feast. What shall we render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward us? We will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. We will pay our vows now unto the Lord in the presence of of all his people. We come to Paul's teaching, the early church, um, as primarily expressed to the Christians at Corinth, um, known to be quite a charismatic church. In this letter, the uh, subject of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Holy Spirit are addressed. Um, of course, First uh, Corinthians emphasizes, as we were saying in the sermon, that if we do not express our 
Christian ministries lovingly, and all that pertains to that love, then we can simply become a clanging gong and a symbol that grates on the lives of people. But Paul wrote this because he was concerned about the infant church at Corinth, that there was a familiarity developing with communion, that they had almost made the Lord's Supper into uh, an informal kind of situation where Paul was worried that some of the dignity had been lost and some of the focus had been compromised. And, and that's why his words are pretty direct to the early church and to us today to protect the solemnity, to protect the message and the meaning and the divine dignity of this meal to which our Lord invites us as the symbol of remembrance of Him in all the fullness of His light and life and death. And so St. Paul wrote, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we judged ourselves, we would not come under judgment. And we are judged by the Lord. We are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned with the world. So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for each other. If anyone is hungry, he should eat at home, so that when you meet together, it may not result in judgment. Strong words from Paul, clear guidance to the early church and to us today that we come to communion in a worthy manner. We come as those who know that to be perfect in ourselves is not our gift, 
It's not our condition. We come as those who rely totally upon the Lord Jesus Christ, upon his grace, upon his cleansing ministry. That is how we come. So I would like to give you, and I will also take a silent time of prayerful reflection before we then stand together to profess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. So we stand to profess our faith, the Apostles' Creed. I believe, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. According to the holy institution, example, and command of our Lord Jesus Christ, and for a memorial of him we do this, who the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had blessed and given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Take, eat, this is the body of Christ which is broken for you. 
Do this in remembrance of him. After the same manner also, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do ye, as oft as ye drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat of this bread and drink of this cup, ye do remember the Lord until he comes again. This cup is the new covenant in the blood of Christ, which is shed for many unto remission of sins. Drink you all of it. We thank you so much for your invitation, Lord Jesus. We do this in remembrance of you. All who you are as the Son of God and Messiah, Lord. All that you achieved in your powerful ministry, teaching the word of life and light, facing opposition, ultimately full expression of total cruelty and depravity towards you, but you knew and you rode on to Jerusalem. You rode on the cross. Many had been touched by you. Many personal conversations, many public preachings you shared with us that the Son of Man must be lifted up. We thank you, O God, that by your grace, 
we have been able to respond to you, to receive you. Be your children gathered here. Help us to live the life of communion that we mentioned. Lord, may we be true to you. May we make you proud as we remain humble. May we raise a sacrifice of praise as we remain faithful. All within your grace, understanding, and provisions for those times when we are weak, for those times when we let you down, let ourselves down. But Lord, we have learned, even in those times, to run closer to you and to know that you are there, faithful God, to lift us up and to make us to grow to increasingly become this people of testimony. In Jesus' name, amen. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. Well, when you invite me back and Mark and I swap pulpits every now and again, I'll bring to you this 316 verse. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. 3.16 in Paul's letter to the uh, Colossians. There's a wee wee heads up for you. Let's bow together in our prayers for others. This is so important in the days in which we live as we uphold each other in prayer, as we seek to raise to God. 
raising to you our thoughts, our prayers, our worries and hurts, raising to God our potentials and responsibilities. Lord God, you know about every little thing in our lives and in your world at this time. We pray, O God, that you will hold us close and make us strong. We are your light. We are your salt in this area and through us beyond this area. So we pray, O God, that you will fill us with your inspirations and encouragements that we may speak your timely word lovingly and truly unto all men and women and children everywhere. Lord, we pray your protection over the vulnerable, over the marginalized, over the hurting. Lord, for those who are suffering at this time in hospitals and within their own homes, Lord, would you be with them physically, mentally, and spiritually. Within their one being, may there be the healing touch of the Lord our God in and through, beyond and beneath, all that happens through our doctors and nurses, our physios, our dentists. Lord God, may truth, dignity, and honor prevail in these times. May you hold your people to you. In life, and passing through in the twinkling of an eye. Lord, we remain faithful until we are drawn to you or until you return to receive your church in a changing world where so often we feel the ethical slide is on, very much so, we pray, Lord God, for your wisdom as sheep in a world that could harm and does harm. We pray, Lord God, that you will give us eyes to see and ears to hear what God is speaking into our lives and souls. Lord, as our minister-elect continues his preparations, preparing to leave his congregation in the Derry-Donegal Presbytery, preparing to come to this congregation, we pray for him, we pray for his wife and family. Bless their preparations, O God, and the partnership of this congregation 
as we prepare to meet, to support, to encourage, to draw from a new minister in a new chapter, as we give thanks for all those who have gone before in ministry, and as we continue to press forward into new pastures and chapters of opportunity. So too, we raise up to you the children's and youth work of this church, uniformed and non-uniformed, Lord, bless the young minds and hearts. Protect, enlighten, and encourage, we beseech thee, O God. We raise up to you all the adult ministries and effort that is made in the life of this church. We pray your ongoing blessing as we soon approach the advent season and Christmas time. Lord, all these themes, we refuse to let them slip. We will determine to be a people who come from the heart. In a moment of silence now, we raise up to you someone or a situation of which we are aware that you may hear our prayers. And so we unite our voices together in the words of the prayer taught us by Jesus. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And now we praise with our closing hymn, Alleluia, Sing to Jesus.
And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all this day and forevermore. Amen. Hmm.